Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside the Circle, your weekly look at high school softball in Connecticut. I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley, and with me, as always, is the head high school softball beat writer, Ryan Lacey, for Game Time CT. Ryan, how are you today? I'm awesome, Sean. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. You know, it's just really funny. It, it took forever for us to get the l- last week's podcast up, and I think two, ra- two days of games happened in the time that we recorded it and the time we published it, and let me let me tell you, everything just all screwed up. Uh, the day we we recorded it, Cheshire decided that they were going to, you know, after they uh, beaten North Haven, they decided they were going to. Uh, Bree, Bree Pearson decided she was going to throw a no hitter against Amity, and then the day we published it, it had already happened. Amity comes back and and beats uh, Cheshire the next day. Uh, so that was that was a development, and then the other development was North Haven getting nipped by East Haven. You know that's two, that was two losses in three games because they played another one in there between, and then East Haven goes into West Haven, um, and uh, oh that was right, West Haven was defeated by hand, so we saw them go down before yeah. we even published. You know, so it, the whole podcast was obsolete, uh, other than the uh, the interview we did with Jeff Babineau from St. Joseph, which. You know, it came out pretty well, I thought. Uh, but um, it was topsy-turvy in the SEC th- this week. And uh, I don't know what, what to make of it other than it sounds like it's going to be a real fun tournament. Huh? Yeah, exactly. All these teams proved they could beat each other, which is what we sort of thought heading into them when they finally got to play each other. But it ended up in some cannibalization in the polls. You know, all these teams <laughs> fell down because they, they beat each other. And, you know, a few of these games are pretty remarkable. Like you said, Bree Pearson going out and throwing a no-hitter. And then the next day, Amity coming back, making a few adjustments and, you know, knocking them right back off. And <sighs> that was Amity's first win over Cheshire in a, in a really long time. Sarah Hill told me it was her first as coach of the team. Yeah, their first since 2014, which oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> that's that's actually a really good note. Interesting there that Amity hasn't been. I mean, Amity has always been Cheshire have always had their battles, and and that that's pretty significant. You know, you can't beat the Cheshire. I mean, it's that just shows how strong Cheshire has been. It's obviously you know yeah. not breaking news there, but they're just so incredibly strong every single year. Oh right, right. I mean, their pitching has been great, and they didn't want a state championship during that run, and um and they they beat them twice last year. But anyway, so that was a big win for especially coming off off a no hitter, getting no hit. You know, and now you got to go back the next day. Yeah, I actually talked to Sarah Hale about that, and she said that it actually helped them a little bit that they saw the same pitcher, you know, twice in a row. It's it's a good teaching moment yeah. for you know, especially a young team like Amity, which doesn't have too many seniors on it. They you know they saw Bree Pearson at her best. The coaches suggested you know why don't you try this this and this, and then the next day they see the results, right. you know, facilitate themselves and they get a big win. So that's obviously going to give them a huge lift, you know, ahead of the postseason. Yeah, and uh, it sounds like a lot with Cheshire did with Lauren Card, and when they when they beat it, yep. her, and, and it might have happened again, I guess, with Lauren Card when East Haven played them. So, um, and then East Haven comes back, and and they and they lose to West Haven. West Haven, um, you know, sitting there pretty robust. What's they're sixteen and one. Sixteen and one. And speaking of West Haven, we are we are as we mentioned last week, we are going to have the great Joe Morrell on. Uh, and a little later, so we'll talk to him about the West Haven season and the upcoming SEC tournament. Um, we're going to quickly run down the top ten here. Um, as uh, it was just a crazy week in SEC, and 
and there have been some movement, but it looks like uh, the CCC, Ryan, has kind of settled into, you know, you talk about all the craziness in the SEC, but the, the CCC seems to kind of settle into a little groove here. Yeah, well, South Windsor, well, that was determined this week, too, though, because South Windsor, they proved they were the best team in the league by beating EO Smith and Southington, who are probably the number two and three teams in the league in the same week. I mean, what Maria Hanchuk did this week, you know, one of the best performances of the whole season in terms of like a, a one week stretch. She had 14 strikeouts against EO Smith, I think 14 strikeouts also against Oof. Southington and beating two top 10. Both those teams are now in the top 10 now that EO Smith jumped in spoiler, but um, <laughs> they, you know, they, what a great week for the Bobcats and they've, they had some early games in the season. They've had a lot of games where they've struggled to score runs. I think they have three, one, nothing wins mm-hmm. and another game that they won two, one. So they really do lean on Hanchuk's arm, which is, you know, well, pay dividends and it's a good thing. So, this is a huge to beat Southington five nothing. Yeah, I mean that's pretty remarkable. The uh, Southington's other two losses were by one run. They the walk off against Cheshire, and then a, the weird rain game against Bristol. Bristol that they might yeah. have won if it went the full distance. So to make that kind of a statement is you know again right so late in the season and the CCC doesn't have a tournament so. You know they'll be heading into Class Double L with a lot of momentum. Yeah, no, that is impressive. Look, I mean, look at that. Their last week shut. Up. I mean, how many shutouts in a row is that? Ever That's say? up to seven. She didn't pitch the game against, I believe, East Catholic. They won in a like a thirteen to seven kind of game. So seven in a row for her. Um, so she's going to Endicott. Um, obviously, just a great run. It's similar to what Lauren Carr did before she ran into last week uh, in North Haven. Some soul searching going on at North Haven, who drops in number six. Well. Let's just get to the top. Let's start about number one. Obviously, St. Joseph. Um, they're going to go into the the FCAC tournament, uh, most likely unbeaten. Uh, I don't know uh, if if anyone's going to really beat them. They're going to go. They're looking for their what second or with their fourth. Uh, they've won four out of five now. Right. I think so. It'd be five out of six if they can win the tournament again. Right, and then you, you got Trumbull sitting there at seventeen and one. It, but anyway, jumping back, uh, number two is Masic, uh, 17-1. They look like the team to beat in the SWC, uh, which begins on Saturday. The SWC quarterfinals begin Saturday. Uh, the, the FCAC quarterfinals begin Friday, but I, they might move it uh, as far as I know. I think I got a notification on my phone here. They're moving everything around. The baseball quarterfinals uh, got moved to Saturday. So I don't, I don't know what the story is with the softball. Isn't just... it great when everything's on the same day? Oh, my God. For, nobody thinks of the poor <laughs> sports writers and, and broadcasters and all these. Nobody thinks of us. Uh, they only think about their proms and their graduations. They don't it's ever a busy ever, time. Uh, anyway, um, so St. Joseph number one, Massick number two, um, Trumbull sitting there number three. As we talked about, South Windsor number four. Yeah, I guess Trumbull survived a game against Norwalk that they needed to rally to oh come back to beat them in eight innings. So I thought South Windsor was going to jump into that top three, to be honest, mm. given the the week they had, but. The top three has pretty much not changed. North Haven had their moment there at the, you know, they got, got to four. Three. They got up to three. Oh, three. Yeah, they got up to three, but it's just been St. Joe's Massive Trumbull pretty much every other week this season. That's the way we're looking here. So, yeah, South Windsor, uh, number five, Cheshire, you know, it's crazy week, beat North Haven, then beat Amity in a no-hitter, then lost Amity 3-2, then defeated Guilford 13-3. So, uh, it, really interesting there. Um, number six, obviously, North Haven. I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, I, not the end of the world, obviously, as we said last week, but uh, after a dominant, dominant start uh, to the season, it uh, looks like some teams second time through uh, being, have been able to solve the great Lauren card. Yeah, this the league is just so filled with good hitters that, you know, if they're not 
if North Haven's pitching defense isn't at 110 percent, that they're gonna you know they're gonna give up you know runs against these talented lineups, and it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they respond. They have one more game against Amity. Their schedule to play tomorrow, yeah. whatever. But um, <laughs> we'll see. You know how that one goes in their final real tune-up before the playoffs. Yeah, they were able to beat Hand seventeen-one, which might well, must have been a nice cathartic victory there for the, for the Indians. Yeah, and a big and a nice you know a nice win against a good team. Like I'm, you know, to to pound them that hard is a you know a good sign. Yeah, no, that was especially since they'd beaten West Haven. Yeah, second time in a row too. Uh, North Haven beat Hand, I believe, by like nine or ten runs earlier yeah. in the season. Number seven, the the Westies, uh, they they lost a hand uh, four to one at Beyondy Field, but then they were able to nicely rebound with uh, West uh, East Haven's. Uh, excuse me. They uh, <clears throat> sitting at number seven is of course the Westies. Uh, they they beat up on Hillhouse and they lost their first game of the year four one to Daniel Hand, but then came right back and uh, defeated East Haven, which had defeated North Haven uh, six to three in the, that that battle on Friday. Uh, number eight. Is Valley Regional still undefeated? The team to beat in the shoreline. Uh, what can you tell about the? I mean, it was, looked like a pretty uh, decent week for them. Yeah, they've had a lot of close games. Like I mentioned in the in the poll, there seven wins by three runs or fewer. But they have a really young team. A lot of their top players are not seniors. They I think they only have one or two seniors on the whole team. Their leading hitter is Lexi Ross. She's hitting close to seven hundred. She's only a sophomore, and their pitcher Addie Bulis is also one of their stronger hitters. They have a lot of you know a lot of talented juniors as well. So present and future looking very bright for them as they head into the shoreline tournament number nine is aforementioned the aforementioned something uh blue knights simsbury 61 fitch 12 3 avon 17 17 to 1 and then south they lost five nothing so <laughs> feast and famine there for the uh for the blue knights um uh then number 10 is uh, as we mentioned the other uh the last week eo smith finally get back in they probably deserved it of course they lost their first in-state game yeah so which looks a lot better when the week plays out and you see southington lose to south windsor also they lost a just a pitcher's duel you know against one of the best pitchers which is a pretty much a confidence booster i'm sure for them having not lost anyone in the state besides them and they have a pretty comfortable rest of their season as well so they should have a high ranking in class double L and you know, like you said, they deserve to be back in the poll early and they were back in the poll for a number of reasons, not the least of which was the NBL beating up on each other. This mm-hmm. was St. Paul's week to finally break in the top ten and then they went and lost twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're saying we're singing St. Paul's praises last week. And we're like, no love for St. Paul, but I guess the voters knew all along exactly what they were doing there. St. Paul, what, what happened with St. Paul? The NBL is just madness. I mean, they have five or six teams that could win, you know, that league pretty easily. But you know, it's just, you know, sometimes that can happen. You know, Seymour felt it the week before when they lost to, you know, to Oxford as, you know, and the St. Paul just offense they went they went cold. They got shut out two nothing by Walcott, and then they lost four two to Naugatuck. So. Ooh. And then their offense woke back up in a wild 17-14 win over Woodland. So just that, a wild league. I saw that score, and I was like, what the I can't heck? even imagine how long the game took. Oh, I don't, I'm just glad <laughs> I didn't cover it. Um, it probably was a three-hour affair. That's That sounds ridiculous. Um, you know, yeah, you talk about the, the, the NVL team. It, it, it's not your typical NVL season just isn't i mean seymour vulnerable sometimes st paul obviously vulnerable you have woodland sitting there you have wolkett sitting there and then holy cross which lost their first two games of the season they've only lost once since they're what's that so that's 
13 of the last four, 14 out of the last 15 games that they've won. So they would probably be, you know, the hottest team heading into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, which, <laughs> I mean, but it's not, they've been in, you know, yeah, they've been there. Right. The Holy Cross has been there. It's not, that's not a shock. So I would be very, so, so the NVL is there for the taking. Their, their tournament begins, what, Monday? Yeah, it seems like Monday. Now they got moved back for either weather or prom-related activities. We're not sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, kind of looking through some of the other votes. Bristol Eastern, I think they lost again, right? Yeah, they had a couple tough losses. Uh, they, I don't rem- Actually, I don't remember who they lost to. Um, That's okay. No no big deal. Amity, 12-4. Ellington, 15-1. Stanford, another team to be to look out for, especially in the FCAC. Yeah, they had a big win over Norris Free Academy on Saturday afternoon. So that was, they actually fell behind 2 nothing in the first inning on back-to-back home runs by the Wildcats, but they just came right back in. They won 6-3, to three, so that's a nice non-league win. That was supposed to have taken place a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, they're playing the week before the season's end. Right. Uh, Windsor, another CCC team. Uh, had, uh, Windsor, another CCC team, 13-2. and two. Don't really know a heck of a lot about them. Um, you know, are, are, are they a team to watch? Um, they've, they've only really played two, you know, two or three really competitive games. They've lost to South Windsor. They lost to Griswold. They beat Middletown by a couple runs. They beat Glastonbury by a couple runs. But, you know, with the way their schedule is, you know, they have a big week ahead of them. Three days in a row they play NFA, Bristol, Eastern, Southington. So that's a pretty gaunt, That's a pretty brutal gauntlet that they'll have to face and see what they can do with. And just kind of wrapping up here, NFA 11-4. We talked about St. Paul 14-3. Montville 13-2. The ECC tournament, which got I, – I, I, Yes, because I, I don't quite know, but it looks like they are now this year in this ECC playing Division One and Division Two uh, tournaments. Which looks, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Uh, coming off of last year's tournament, you know, we'd love to know why that happened because you know NFA and Griswold, which they're in the top two divisions, so they might play. But that was just such an exciting cap, you know, to a tournament. You know, yeah. the way that game played out, such a memorable final. So. You do wonder why they changed tournaments. We always wonder why conferences well, change tournaments. I'll tell you straight up why. Because the, the ECC is such a weird league. It's got a couple big schools from like the Shoreline area, and then NFA. Obviously, NFA yeah. is the big, you know, the white whale there. And then you have a lot of small like hinterland schools up in the north end, uh, north parts of the quiet corner of Connecticut. And they're like, we can't compete with the NFA's of the world, so you got to give us our own tournaments for the game. You know, otherwise we're leaving the league. And they have a lot of that crap going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> Ledyard and Montville are you know two very strong teams, but they're in the third tier of the league. You know, so they'll you know they, I guess they will be in the second division. So you know those two teams might face each other. You know, which would be good. Well, in my opinion, it, it kind of lessens that that second of course, tournament. Yeah, I, you know, it's like the same thing with the basketball. It's like I don't care who wins the division two. Sorry, I mean, yay, St. Bernard wins division two basketball. Yay. I mean, you want to you know. You want us, us, people like us, to pay attention, get in the Division One tournament. Anyway, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, we'll just run down the final bunch. Farmington, Waterford, Oxford, Ward, Coventry, which is 15-1, and Maloney sitting there at 13-3. Uh, and three. So uh, this is this is it. This is, this is the last week of the regular season, except for a couple leagues, the CCC, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get – we're going to get SWCs and FCX either this weekend or whatever. We're going to get NVL and SECs and I believe a few of the others um, coming up. So next week's all going to be conference tournaments, and we're going to be right in the middle of it as we uh, do as we do the next pod. So, but we'll talk a little more about that after we talk to our guests this week. <laughs> 
Joining us on the podcast is, of course, the head softball coach at West Haven High School. He's been there for the last five years. He succeeded the great Frank Biondi, and it is, of course, the great Joe Morell, who also does everything at West Haven. He coaches hockey. He once coached tennis. He, he did everything. And here he is, and he's actually our second time. I think he's might be our first repeat guest on uh, any of the Game Time CT podcasts. Welcome to the show, Coach. How you doing? Great, guys. Great to be here. I, I'm hoping getting like an SNL jacket, like for being a repeat uh, <laughs> guest. We're gonna have to get people go out and send you a, a hat, at least some sort of Game Time CT. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> for second time, guys. I mean, I don't know that's, if that's official, but I'll have to look that. I'm pretty sure since you've only been doing guests since really basketball season. So, uh, But anyway, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Uh, I'm excited. We're having a great year. The girls are excited. There's a lot of talk about West Haven softball, so it's been an awesome uh, spring. We can stay away from the rain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the good news is you play at a field that is probably the best softball field, the <laughs> best kept softball field in Connecticut. I mean, Chris Everone is just legendary. I mean, he's, he's, he's without peer in the state. I mean, I'm sure uh, you guys have benefited from that, but you're you're not completely immune, huh? No, you know, our field is tremendous. Chris does a great job. I mean, I really – just imagine practicing on our field every day. That's what I tell other coaches. Never mind playing, just going out there and practicing. Oh. It's just awesome. Once you step out there, it's just – it's heaven. Yeah. Uh, the only – you know, we do have an issue with our outfield. It does to get – tend to get soaked and that's where we are right now it's just underwater i remember when that whole field was that you the baseball field that everything was underwater over there and it just... yes if you remember the whitey pyrrhic field they didn't play on it for how many years Jeez. you know that was my one one sport that you didn't mention i did coach for 11 years was girl soccer here at oh that's right too, and that was and that was our practice facility uh, the baseball field, and you know, it was a little rough back then. Oh my God! It just sat there unused, and finally, uh, you know, luckily, yep. the the town uh, jumped in and got some help, and you know, moved to Painter Park over there. Now they play the SEC finals. They play every all, every championship is at. It's like West Haven is the capital of the SEC, and it is awesome. <laughs> how's that? That's the big thing, though. The construction. How's that going? I haven't been over there in a, in a few months. If you haven't been here, you would be shocking when you come in. But, uh, you know, being here every single day because I teach here, um, you know, I see it coming every day a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. People come over for the first time. They go, oh, my God, I can't believe the difference. Um, we're excited about getting the new gym, obviously. We're a year away from that. But oh, yeah. uh, really excited about that. So not, not only for the teams, but for phys ed classes and stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah. But it's getting there. Yeah, West Haven, one of the few, one of the uh, you know, one of the few schools. Every school seemed like out a new school. When I was at Amity, they 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 fixed Amity up. Uh, the Guilford Hand, you looked everywhere. Everyone's pretty much got a new school except West Haven. So they're finally getting a, they're updating the facilities. That's so much really nice. Yeah, everybody's excited. I just wish our principal was around, Pam Gardner, oh. this year to see it. She was a special person, and I'm sure she's smiling down on us as it's being built. Yeah, that's right. She she passed. Uh, what when was it? A, Right at the uh, end of fall. yeah, no, this fall, yeah, when right in school started, it was really hard. Yeah, a big supporter of athletics, you know, especially with hockey and, and uh, softball, and uh, a big supporter of all the teams and stuff. So, great person. Yeah, um, that, that was that was really sad, but uh, yeah, she it seemed like she left quite a legacy. But uh, getting uh, getting over to uh, the the spring season and, and the girls, you know, did you have an idea? That you were going to be able to have a, a special season. I mean, we look back at some of the record. You know, you you've been kind of like in the middle for the most part of the last four years. And then this year, did you feel like you know this team might be the one that maybe have a special season? Yeah, you know, last year we we um, we won the winning twelve games, and I thought that was we underachieved. Uh, we were hoping for a little bit more. We just you know we never clicked last year, 
And this year, the girls got together early and decided to become a team and do everything possible, um, you know, for to have a great year. Because most of these girls, we do have a lot of seniors. Most of them have been around for a while, and they wanted this to be a memorable year. And so far, it's been all of that, that's for sure. Um, how does that happen, you know, when, like you said, they just decide to come together? You know, is it the disappointment of not, you know, doing, you know, accomplishing your goals last year? Or how do you feel, why do you think that happens, especially, you know, like someone who's been around kids You know, so we, long? we had some early team meetings. Uh, we had some team bonding exercises. We went to an escape room where we put the girls in different rooms and they had to try to break out <laughs> as a team together. So just doing things like that. Um, and the girls, you can see from day one, that they knew they had to make some changes from last year, and they did. I mean, and if you if you watch us play from this year to last year, you can see the enthusiasm, uh, the higher tempo, everything. You know, we we as the coaches sat them down, we told them what they needed to do, not just you know hitting, fielding, and pitching, but all the other things that comes part of a team, and they've really embraced it. So, who was the MVP of the escape room ventures then? <laughs> Geez, you know, we, we the coaches didn't go in, get go get to go in. Oh, come on, uh, Joe. so it was hard to tell. Um, but we split them up into three rooms, and uh, one team broke out with one second left. Um, <laughs> but they came in second. Another team had gotten out with two minutes, and and the other team had to do the uh, walk of shame because they did not get out. <laughs> you had, you but know, we talked earlier in the season when you guys got off to a great start, and you know you felt like you had the chance to, you know, push on. Did you ever think you'd get to this point where you've only dropped one game with a few left in the season? Uh, you know, I, I saw early uh, that the girls got into a little bit of groove. Um, and you know how long that's going to last. We were hitting the ball. We we're pitching well. We we're fielding well. And you're going to have your ups and downs. But it just kept getting better and better and better. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, the, the sky's the limit for us. And, and we tell the girls all the time that, you know, there's nothing that we can't accomplish that's sitting in front of us because we're playing well. We'll continue to play well. Even the one loss, you know, hand made all the plays that game. I wasn't disappointed in the way we hit the ball, pitched or whatever. It was just one of those games, which is, which is good. I explained to girls, your 15 in a, row, in a row is a great accomplishment, uh, and you need to be proud of that. And and you, we got beat. We got beat. Things happen. The sun's going to come up tomorrow, maybe because it rains all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. So no, I just they were proud of them, and again, I just started over again, and it was a huge win against East Haven for us after a loss to uh, to Daniel Hand. So yeah, an East Haven team that uh, had beaten North Haven right the other day, and yeah, it's a team that hits the ball, you know, and Ivy held them the four hits, um, and it really, you know, was a big win for us to come back after losing. Ivy seems like a fiery girl, huh? Yeah, we have, you know, Ivy, uh, we have a lot of girls, you know, our left field, our right fielder, Morgan, plays with all kinds of energy. Um, and, and that's been the difference from last year. If you hear our yeah. bench, uh, last year was quiet. This year, you know, everybody gets all fired up. They, they, you know, I said, watch it on, watch softball on TV. Those girls don't shut up. It's always go, go, go. Yeah. And we've kind of adopted that a little bit. Um, what, uh, yeah, well, t- tell me a little bit about what, you know, what Ivy brings. I mean, obviously, you know, it starts with the pitcher. And you got to have a good one there. And, and uh, she's been kind of mowing them down, huh? Yeah, you know what? I, I have to give her a lot of credit because uh, she didn't have great stuff last year at times. Um, and sat her down this year and we told her she needs to work. And I have a, a, a like a cart of 100 balls. And she would go out there in the fall all by herself with the 100 balls wow. and throw them in the bullpen and then pick them all up and then throw them again. Wow. So she she made the commitment and, you know, her reward is what we're going through right now. How excited are you to, I guess, have her for even another season next year? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, no, obviously, you know, she's, uh, it's good to have a pitcher with that caliber coming back. Um, 
again, we do lose a lot of seniors this year. But again, when the pitcher's back, anything can happen. Does she is she one of those people that you you know you said before about you know coming together? Is she, is she a leader of a senior laden team or is it or is it yeah just you know she is a leader? But again, we do have a lot of seniors, so I think the seniors really took that role this year, and and she's kind of caught right on with it. Right. How about some of the other other players you guys have been relying on? Yeah, Kay- Kaylee Carano is another girl who mm. uh, spent a lot of time in the off season. Sorry about the bell. Okay. Uh, spent a lot of times in the offseason, uh, body getting a little bit stronger, lifting weights, doing a lot of stuff, playing summer ball, and uh, it's just having an incredible, incredible year at the plate. Uh, um, she's done it all for us. I mean, she hits the ball so hard. Uh, so far, she's got like four or five home runs. She's broke the school record for doubles already this year, um, wow. and she's going to be on pace possibly to break some other records. She's just, again, having a big, big year for us. Um, she bats at the... Uh, fourth hole you know and then i've said before morgan uh leads off plays uh, right field again has a great arm brings a lot of energy to our team she's the spark plug uh and that's what i say get us going early jump us going um just going around the, our center fielder ashlyn o'keefe has just come so far as a center fielder you know any ball hit out there we just feel so comfortable she bats second and you know when we have to move put people over she's the one to do it she sacrifices herself really well and in, uh, in left field is another girl, Didi Rodriguez has, has really stepped it up. Has really done a great job in uh, in, in left field. Around the infield, I told you, Kaylee or other Veronica has been a four-year starter at uh, shortstop. She's a three three uh, sport athlete. Uh, hits the ball well. She got her hundredth hit this year. Uh, it's been a, been one of the team leaders. A newcomer, a freshman, which has filled in a huge role at second base, mm-hmm. is uh, Paige. Brewer, and she's, uh, again, she bats well, plays well. She's really done a tremendous job. Casey Marin at first base, again, has been around. One of our captains has done a great job with leadership role. Has done a great job at first base. And finishing off behind the plate is uh, Gigi Perkins. You know, last year we graduated, really. Uh, McKenna was our big yeah. loss to graduation. And uh, Gigi's filled in well. She's done a good job behind the plate. It's tough to replace that bat of McKenna because she hit the ball so well. But she's getting better and better every single day. So, you know, it's it's been really real fun. Like I said, for the girls, you've got a couple of kids that are on the bench that are coming off. Nev Crazier's now getting into more action, so she's been a big help coming off the bench. So, West Haven's got I don't know Ryan. I don't know how much Ryan knows about it, but West Haven's got a really just real strong softball history. Just the amount of kids that meet, and it's not even just the kids that went to West Haven. There's there's a lot of West Haven kids going to our school, you know. Correct. You know, you know Correct. and and you have to deal with that. And but when you go down like on a summer afternoon, you go down to Morris Park, you just see all these kids, just so many kids playing for West Haven, like the West Haven youth leagues. You have a really solid base there. You know, what do you find? It's not quite the way it used to be. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, no, our, our numbers are down in the uh, younger leagues. Um, which I think they are a lot of places. Mm. I mean, not just here in West Haven, but used to you playing these other teams and there's no, uh, no JV programs. You know, I'm going to different programs. I can't believe they don't have enough for JV programs. Wow. Um, yeah, no, we've had three or four teams on our schedule that don't have JV teams. That's, 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 that's crazy. So it is crazy. It's not just, again, it's everywhere that the kids, I don't think a lot of kids are playing softball or baseball as much as they used to be. So interesting. What, what do you, what do you think that's the reason behind that is? It's a good, you know, I, I think lacrosse has hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, soccer right. always hurts because it's easy. You just go down on a Saturday and play your game, you know what I mean, one practice a week. Yep. Um, 
and again, we're trying to brainstorm some ideas next year to try to come up with some, you know, running camps and stuff. We did that last few years. This year, it's been a little rough with all the rain. Um, you know, again, just trying to brainstorm some things to get younger kids playing, uh, not just boys and not just girls, boys as well. Because mm. again, Ronnie will Ronnie will reap the benefit of that as well. Is that a trend you could see reversing at all, like, or do you feel like it's just going to keep going that way? I, I, listen, my father ran the uh, Shorehaven Little League for 43 years. Yeah. Now Rick and Frank Dini run it, and I talk to them constantly. And you know, there's only three girls softball teams and four boys baseball teams, wow. which num- that's way down. I mean, and and that's the way it's been probably for three or four years now. So again, we're just everybody little league. Everybody's everybody's down a little. I think we all got to get our heads together and just try to figure out how we can get these kids to play. Um, you know, if it's money, that's one thing. Like we can make that happen. You know. Yeah. So well, West Haven, well, West Haven is just a changing town. I mean, you just and it may not be. You know, the, the kids are maybe not have the background that you know baseball softball type of kids i mean is that is that a is that another possibility as well it definitely could be you know the, uh, the the culture of the town has definitely changed a bit from from years ago and that's another you know hockey we've tried to delve into that uh, i also run youth hockey mm-hmm. amongst yeah. other things and uh you know we're trying to we offer our clinic now there for free uh, we give them the equipment for free so we try to make the money thing out of it mm. and maybe that's what we have to do with softball and baseball is just make it free and just try to get the kids to play you know because that's important just getting them to play you touched on the hockey thing there what's it like shutting that part of your brain off in march and turning on the softball part what's that transition like because oh, yeah. that's from one extreme to the other i would imagine <laughs> and real quick too yeah yeah this year i actually had a few days off last year uh, two years ago when we made a when, Went we to the semis, right? The, uh, yeah, I think I had like 12 hours off. Hopped <laughs> <laughs> in one and went right into the other. I, I could turn it on, turn it off. Like I said, I just my mind switches over from one to the other. Um, you know, I've coached girls long enough, and everybody says the difference between girls and boys. There's no difference. They're they're athletes, and, and they all want to win. They all want to compete. So it's it's got to be the same mentality. Just work hard. And here I am sitting here saying like, oh, there's there's these little differences. <laughs> yeah. And then you're, now you've come to completely squash that. Uh, no, I just feel you know, like I said, as a coach, I try to treat them exactly the same way. Uh, you know, I, and I don't think I've had any issues either way. Um, girls tend to let things harp a little bit longer than the boys tend to let harp things on her. But you try to jump on those and, and, and get on that right away. But again, I, I really, as you know, even my coaching staff, we talk all the time and, and everything. There's no no big major difference. Um. Oh shoot! What was I going to ask? <laughs> Hold on. Um. Well, take me take me back actually a little bit, Coach. Uh, uh you know, you, you had been this like you said, you've been the soccer coach for what like fourteen years, a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and then you'd been you had been the tennis coach in spring, and then you had been you you were you, you've been the hockey coach for as long as I can remember. I mean, how long has that been? Uh, in West Haven, twenty-one years. Yeah, so it's. You know, I, I think I just started working in 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 this field when you got the job. Um, yeah. So Frank Biondi, who was there forever, legendary coach. I mean, he just, legendary. He, yeah. Like both my daughters played for him. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. he he finally hangs it up. He at the ripe old age, uh, old age, young age of seventy-three. <laughs> he hangs it up uh, five years ago. And what what compelled you to take the job? Well, I'd always, you know. I was an umpire, obviously. I, I umpired boys uh, for uh, like 15 years yeah. and girls for 12 years. Um, something I enjoyed. I just enjoyed that part of it. 
then I got involved with the Shoreline Sting with Ray Ezel mm. when my daughter started playing, and he had asked me to coach. I was coaching summer ball for like 10 years. Um, never thought much about high school. And then, I, you know, when Frank left, I said, you know what, I, I think I'd like to talk to my wife and try to, you know, try this. And I, I, I'm fortunate enough, I had uh, one year with my daughter, yeah. um, which was which was really special because you don't, you know, you don't want your, it's funny when you're coaching your daughter, but she was already established as a senior, so it wasn't a big deal. So coaching Joel, it was really probably one of the highlights uh, of my coaching career I was able to do it one year with her. Right. Yeah. That one year must have been nice. And it, but you know, it's been, it was kind of up and down and uh, it wasn't, you know, you were kind of, you guys were kind of even keel for a little bit there. And then all of a sudden, bang, this great season comes comes together. Yeah, you know, we did win. You know, the first year we knew it was going to be a little rough. Um, we only won eight games. And I the following year we won 14 and then 12 and then 12 again or something like that in those ball. One year might have been 16. I forget what it was. It might have been 16 one year. So, like I said, this group of seniors has won a whole bunch of games, uh, but nothing like we're going through now, you know. What did you learn from your daughter that first year? Uh, you know what? I, I coached her for so long, though. So, you know, with the youth, I coached. Both. And Jossie actually is with me as well, my other daughter. Mm. Um, she's coaching with me. Uh, so she came right on when I got the job, which was, which was pretty neat, with, and Bridget and Bob. So it, it's a nice coaching staff. But it was nice. Um, you know, both my daughters played a lot of sports, and I never was – uh, difficult on them only for softball because softball is what they wanted to play in college. So I wasn't always the easiest person around them for uh, softball purposes. Uh, so when she played, I try to take a step back and not be so hard on her during while I was coaching. And I, I think uh, we met a happy point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not one of those parents who praise my kids all the time about how great they are. I tend to be like uh, more like my father who was all over me for uh, just about everything I did when I played. And I, I thank him for that though. <laughs> um, so let's let's take a look at what, at your prospects here. Um, you know, you got uh, what three more games left, right? Three or two? Yep. Yeah, three more games left. Three or... games left. Yep. You know, you got some big ones. Amity's sitting there. Yeah, uh, no, it's a nice it's a nice schedule I have to end the year. So you know, we're really looking forward. To Amity and Guilford they need a, they need the games to get in. So uh, we're looking forward to all these games. So. Um, and so, how do you you know when you look at the do you you feel like you guys can you make some some waves here? Listen, we met we had a team meeting the other day, and you know, in the years past, you know, we we always set our goals, and you know, with the year we're having, you know, you you have to set the highest goals possible, and that's win a state championship, win an SEC championship, and and you have to, you know, you have to play for that, not just to play to be in games anymore, not to play to get to the next round. We we want to, you know, we want to be a little selfish here, we want to be a little greedy, we want (laughs) to, we feel we can do this, you know, so they have to push themselves to to go and do it. Did this this team seems to play with a little bit of a chip on its shoulders? Is that about right? That's absolutely right. You know, like I said, our motto is loud and proud. Uh, and, and do what we got to do to win. And, 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 you know, we're not afraid to take extra bases. We're not afraid to talk each other up. You know, I uh, just tell them not to the other team. You don't need to talk. You don't need to yell at the other team. You can talk each other up, pick each other up, do what you have to do. Um, something I've been asking for for about four years now, and <laughs> we haven't gotten it. And then all of a sudden, I think it was in game two, we got really loud against Guilford, and, and the girls were like, wow, this is awesome. I love this. <laughs> Well, you know, again, go watch a college game on TV. They don't stop. You know, you have to play with that, you know, that hard attitude and diving and sliding and and, and, and whatever it takes to win attitude. And that's what we're doing right now. 
Um, yeah, no, just uh, you mentioned earlier about setting high goals. What's it going to take to sort of navigate through this tournament when all eight of the teams in the SEC are of high quality? Well, I, I think it's, you know, no matter if we finish one, two, three, four, whatever, it's going to, the first game is going to be a tough game because right. there's a lot of very good teams out there and there's going to be some good pitching out there. And my motto is, matter of fact, the girls have just made, uh, the parents made T-shirts up for all the girls because if you come to any of the games, you'll hear me say it a hundred times, every pitch, Every out, every inning, every game, we have to stay focused. And that's has to, what happens. Every, you know, we can't look ahead. We can't look past anything. We have to stay focused for every pitch, every out, every inning, every game. If we lose that focus, we're going to have trouble. I mean, you so can... that's going to be the model through the whole tournament, continuing what we're doing. Just be on key. Just be on focus. I mean, you could get a Daniel Hander and East Haven in the first round. I mean, that, that would be kind of unfortunate given how well your season's played out, right? Right. No, absolutely. We could, you know, we're, uh, there, again, there's no easy game in the SEC right away, which again, that's what, that's what you play for. You know, you, you're going to have to come out and you're going to have to get great pitching. You're going to have to get great defense. You know, we had, uh, won a game early in the year and the girls were like, they were a little disappointed. I think we beat hand or, I mean, yeah, I don't know. We beat law three to one and we didn't hit the ball. We didn't, whatever it was. And I was so happy because we won on pitching and defense. And I told the girls, that's what you're going to have to do at the end of the season. Pitching and defense is what's going to win these games. So we know we can do that now. We're not always going to score eight, nine, ten runs. Uh, yeah. So it's good to have the confidence. You know you can go out there and pitch and play defense, and that can win you a game. Especially not in the SEC tournament. Like, it's one thing to play, you know, certain some, some teams and you're mashing the ball. But when you get right. against the – and you you guys don't play some of the big big – you know, like you don't play <laughs> Cheshire schedule. Yeah, no, just the way the schedule. We were number eight in the SEC right. out of 20 teams when they rescheduled. And, I, you know, it just happened to be that we didn't play Cheshire North Haven Sacred Heart, which is a team that we played all the time. We didn't play Laurelton Hall either. So, wow. just... um, you know, it's just the way the schedule happens. Would you like to see something like that? Would you like to see more of like instead of going outside playing twice and your division, maybe actually, you know, mixing it up a little bit or I mean, I know they do that across the board in the SEC. But. Yeah, I know there's so many things out there. I know that, you know, and they're, they're constantly working the SEC to get the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard, you know. I, I wouldn't mind playing everybody once. That's always been thought about. But, yeah. does, you know, does that work? I don't know. You know, it's it's hockey. We Same thing in hockey. We've played with a number of different things. And, and it, right now it works for softball. So, you know, it is what it is. Is it more, <laughs> I don't want to say relaxing, but what's, what's, what's more pressure, softball or hockey? <laughs> that's a great question um i've always felt it in hockey i've always just maybe because i played in the program and it's been and around forever been there for so long right and been there so long and there's such a long legacy for me because i was there and i was a fan and, and uh but you know like i said when we're, we're rolling along here with softball the girls started feeling a little extra pressure i started feeling extra pressure yeah. it's just that's that's what sports are if you don't feel it something's wrong with you you know what I yeah mean? yeah and it's a, such a short season though and and the next thing you know you're going to be in the playoffs and the season could be over like before that's you know that's a it. huge fact you know especially like with hockey we could play on a saturday and have a wednesday off and not play to a saturday now mm. that's a week off between maybe a bad loss yeah. You can't do that in softball. You have like a day, not even. You got to yeah. practice for the next game. It's, you know, that's just the way the schedule's set up, which is kind of nice, I like, because sometimes, you know, I could be a little miserable at home with my family when you know, came off a bad week and I got another week before we play. So, yeah, softball, yeah. bang, bang, bang. You know, you're only as good as your next, your last game, and the last game comes, the games come up so fast. So, um, and so when you look at, when you look at who you guys are going to contend, who do you, 
I mean, you've played hand, and they're obviously they're they're tough. Um, you know, when you look at some of the other teams out there in the SEC, like, what do you what do you who's uh, you got North Haven? Um, yeah, no, there's so many good teams. I think anybody can win this thing. You know what I mean? It's uh, and again, I think it's going to come down to pitching and defense. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody can hit, everybody can do that, but I think it's what it's going to come down to: not giving those extra outs, not giving those extra bases. Um, and again, it's going to be coming down to focus. The teams that are going to be focused at the end are the teams that are going to be there. Anything else, Ryan? Uh, no, I think we touched on everything. I want yeah, to. we pretty much did. So, so rolling along here, uh, exciting time of the year. It, it could end, you know, in a snap. You know, you could get just one game in the SECs and then one game yep. in the uh, in states. I mean, you, you saw what happened to North Haven last year. They law bit them in the first round. You never, you never quite know. Um, Listen, you- I'm gonna throw one out there too, because you know, my buddy over there at Ridgefield, Sean Gallagher, I felt so bad for him. <laughs> Look at the year that they had. Um, oh. For hockey, and then that you know, Avery beats him in overtime, and it's just like you're saying, it's just bang, it's done. Like you said, it's a snap and it's over. Yeah. So you you just gotta be focused, and you gotta you know you gotta do what you have to do to get by the uh, tough moments that are going to come up during the games. You know. What's your uh, before we what's your what what's the class double L looking like? I know there's plenty of games left. Have you have you got a chance to look at who you might be matched up against? We, we started looking at it. Um, we possibly there's a possibility uh, if we can win out that we can get a buy. If we lose one, we probably won't get a buy. And then there'll be a coin flip or the the number that they use. Yeah. So it's it's really too hard to tell right now because there's some teams that still could get in. It's it's crazy. So it's because uh, of all the rain, everything is yeah. pushed back so far. So it's hard to tell really what we can happen, what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, the- but it'll be exciting, that's for sure. No, I just, and the CCC teams don't finish till a week later because they don't have tournaments. So yeah, because yeah, the they don't do a tournament, yeah. I think, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, the it's SEC definitely. tournament begins uh, on Monday, uh, rain permitting or weather yeah, permitting. Know. You know, it could not be played. I remember when, when they just said, nah, forget it. We, we can't play these games. Um, you know, and that, that's always a possibility. I mean, it just, it, it just doesn't seem to be any let up and – I'm praying for nice weather beginning next week, please. Um, but listen, uh, I, we just made the call. You're, you guys are gonna kick out of this one today. We're gonna practice in the rink. Nice. Yeah, the ice is up. The ice is up, and we're kind of like a man without a country. Our fields, the turf is being used, the gym is being used. So we're gonna head over to the rink uh, and get some. Uh, actually, we'll do a little bit of everything in there. Should, should work out. I would well. love. We did one last year, I would so. love to see pictures of that. Have someone on the yeah. uh, West Haven account, uh, Twitter account, post some pictures. We'd love to see that. That'd be hysterical. <laughs> you got it. Uh, I'll see if somebody could snap something. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be great. Well, listen, you guys are having a great season. Uh, you know, like it's nothing like it, nothing like West Haven having a great softball season. Like I said before, it's got a long history. It may not be yep. as 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 as. It may not be the way it was. Obviously, that's what you were you were saying. And um, right. but these these girls seem to really have, have taken upon themselves to to produce a really memorable season. No matter how it ends or how how far you guys get. I mean, even if win yep. a state championship or first round, it's been an, an incredible ride. It seems like you're having a lot of fun. They're having a ball. I'm having a ball. So again, you know, it's nice. Winning is winning is fun. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's hard to. Hard to fight that argument, you know. It's just fun when you win. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, no, nobody knows winning like the the Morrell family in West Haven. The first, fa- well, one of the first families in, in West Haven sports, right up the, on the route, Mount Rushmore of uh, yeah. <laughs> of West Haven sports. You get yeah, like McCarthy's in there. You got uh, Capones. Yeah. You got Biondi's and Hunts and 
Oh my God, it's a long, it's a, it's a distinguished it West a Haven. Long list of, yeah, of, uh, some, some pretty nice people. West Haven's too, so. a great sports town, and, and you know when it, nobody loves a winner like West Haven does, and you guys are definitely You're right. doing that. Uh, well, Coach, listen, we we appreciate you having me on. We'll get you that uh, two timer hat out uh, yeah, as soon as go. possible, <laughs> and uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll looking forward to it. <laughs> we'll see you in the tournament. Good luck. Good luck. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Coach. So that was West Haven coach Joe Morell. Magical season right now for the Westies. They had a nice bounce back game. Um, you know, what can you say? I mean, I like to see it. I like to see, like I said, I like to see West Haven uh, having a great season. It is a softball town, even though, you know, as Morell, as coach Morell was, was talking about, it's definitely a change town. Um, and uh, it's not like a, a, this idyllic thing that I had in my planted in my head. It shows you how, how long I've been away. <laughs> um, haven't, I haven't been really paying attention. Like, but numbers down. Hopefully they're going to be able to get them up. I mean, it's just it's a great great place. If you want to go play uh, for a team, that's uh, you're in your West Haven. You, you can do no wrong playing at West Haven because they have they have some great facilities there. Yeah, and you, as you said, and as we touched on in the interview, there it seems like they have a little swagger to their team. Yeah. The way they well, the reason why I brought it up, and I didn't, and I didn't even bring it up, is when we so hand when the hand beat um, West Haven, I think it was I forget who it was, but the, the they sent us a, a video of the final out from the dugout, and all the West Haven girls jumped on the. It was so we posted it on Instagram, the Game Time CT Instagram account, and all the West Haven girls were like starting to throw sass. They're like, ah. You know, we'll we'll be we'll be back. You know, you know, this is a blip. Or they were they were throwing a little sass out there, and that's why I, that's why I kind of that's where I got it from. They got a little bit of a chip on their shoulders. You, you know? expect that with a lot of the boys teams, but not as much with the girls teams. So it was kind of funny to see. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Like you yeah, know, Ivy Santos. Oh, it's cool. Ivy Santos is in there going, ah, don't worry about us. We'll be back or something to that effect. You know, it was it was hysterical. <laughs> you know, you know, I love when the kids start. Kind of, you know, they kind of start throwing jabs at each other. You got to care for a little bit, but <laughs> I enjoy that a lot. So, but look, look, uh, we touched on it a little bit. Really didn't get too much into it, but uh, I, you know, the only thing about West Haven is I just worry about is the record inflated because of the schedule. Yeah, if they played Cheshire, North Haven, you would think they probably would have suffered, just like Cheshire and Amity have suffered from playing each other. I don't think that makes them a bad team. No. Like you just said, it's just maybe their record's a little inflated. But as a result, again, with the seeding in the SEC tournament, it creates this weird chasm of Daniel Hand, East Haven trying to get in because they have a harder schedule. And then teams in the middle, like Laurelton Hall, Sacred Heart, who have a few more wins than they do, they'll be in like the four, five, six slot. So it does it seem like it makes sense? Like the way it went, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, I, listen, here's the thing about the SEC schedule, and I don't like this. I don't like the fact that they have their, their they have their divisions. And you play everybody in your division twice. I don't like when you play out of the league. You play everybody. You have a set number of teams. You play everybody twice. The league is so big, um, and I know it's probably easier to do schedules that way. But I don't. I, I'd like a little more variety out out of the league. I'd like to see teams play each other like once. You don't need to play the out of league teams twice. You just don't right. need to do it. Yeah, it's a fine line between that and the FCAC, though, where if you just play everyone once and then you're ending up beating these teams like 25 nothing that no one wants to see. Right. I just think – I actually don't mind the, the playing everyone twice schedule until it comes to the state tournaments, and that's how the league records are generated. I feel like if you could take the eight league rec- – you, you know, you'd still get the eight best league records, but then – let the coaches, you know, rank the team. Yeah, they for, do that for lacrosse. I think for girls lacrosse in the FCAC. But like, I don't know. I just feel like 
you know, your best eight teams should be ranked accordingly, not based on how difficult their schedule was. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that that's the way the CIC kind of does it, just overall. Yeah, you know? of course. Yeah, that, that's and, that's a different animal. And you could, yeah, you could sit there and argue about that all the time. But I, I think the SEC does it okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, like I said, I, I'd rather a little bit more variety. But then you, you look at the way you play everybody once thing. I mean, softball, there are a lot of sports that just it's not conducive to playing once. Like you saw, saw, saw what Amity, you know, Amity loses the Cheshire. If that was the FCX schedule, Amity won't, would have only lost to him once, and it would have been a, a no – they get no hit by him. <laughs> right. But in this case, they get, they're get they allowed to come back, and they, they play him twice, and you get a little bit better, you know, kind of a, a better picture. Because softball and baseball, are, they're just sports like that, you know, where any given day, you know, it depends. It just depends on, like, who, who comes to play that day. You could say that about all sports. Oh, but. Of course. But anyway, so, um, yeah, I, I'm anxious to see who's going to come out of the, that tournament, um, you know, or if we get the tournaments played because <laughs> there's certainly precedent with that where teams or leagues just completely shut down their, their tournaments for – it's just rain and proms and graduation for the Catholic schools and even graduation prep for the other you – know, it's, it's just – it's tough, man, squeezing all this stuff in, and we're already seeing postponements go by the board. It's crazy. But anyway – so we're looking at some of the, the, the tournaments here. I mean, I, I don't know. Have you come to an a, a consensus on who you like in the SEC? No. <laughs> no, because they've each, had, they've each had their shiny moments. And when are they going to come, you know, next week or whatever? It's it's almost impossible to say. I mean, what Bree, what Bree Pearson has done, you know, for the whole body of work for Cheshire, you know, obviously that stands out. But, you know, obviously North Haven would have been the favorite before last week until they had their stumbles against, you know, good teams. So I guess I would start there, but with absolutely no confidence. Yeah. Who thought Amity was going to win Class L last year? Not too many right. people. Or North Haven, the SEC. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's an even better example. So it's just whoever gets those lucky breaks or however you want to call them, those 50-50 plays that, you know, it's going to come out on top. But, yeah, I guess I would start with Cheshire and North Haven and then yeah. with Amity right behind because Amity's gotten a lot better as the season's gone on, and they're – might be one of the younger teams of this, you know, group that we're talking about. So maybe they've, you know, grown up enough to challenge those other teams. If you ask me, my money's on Cheshire. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you didn't yeah. ask me. I'll ask myself, Sean, who you think is going to win the SEC? I, I like Cheshire. You know, I just love the, I love the, the, they have the best, or maybe the most consistent pitching slash hitting combo. Yeah, we yeah. need a big hit. You know, one of the best hitters in the league is Mejiditis. You know, and uh, and Bree Floyd and all those girls, they 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 can smash the ball, and uh, we saw that against North Haven. Uh, I don't know. In, <laughs> yeah, knows? Cheshire lost in the first round last year. Yeah, right? so it's I impossible know. to say. And they they'll be battle tested. You know, we've talked about their schedule for weeks in a row now. You know, having played St. Joseph's and all that. So I mean, like, it's not a, it's not a bad place to put your chips. I think it's no secret that that Massac and St. Joseph are the. Uh, I would say Massac is a runaway favorite yeah, in the it SWC. Would, it would require something, I would say, miraculous. They have not been, like, pushed very often. They Barlow, you know, almost beat them in, an, in their non-league game, and then Notre Dame played them to, I believe, 8-1. And then every other game has just yeah. been one-sided completely. So I think it's safe that Massac will be winning another SWC. Title. Yeah, and, then, and the only thing about St. Joseph is uh, – Trumbull, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe Stan I mean, Stanford's yeah, been... The, the three through six or seven in the FCAC is nuts. They all have identical league records. I think they're all at 10 and 4s, Ludlow, Stanford. So those seedings have to be ma you know, mapped out. But 
you know, Trumbull could do it. They had nine hits off St. Joe's. They only scored one run. You know, if they get nine hits in a game again, they're probably going to have more than one run. So I think that'll be close. I think it's still like 60-40 St. Joe's, but other than that, no. Who do we like in the ECC? Let's leave Division Two behind. How about Division One? Yeah, Griswold and NFA. Uh, Griswold take a step back this year from last year a little bit, and NFA is still a strong, so they're probably, you know, the favorites heading into that turn, but they challenged themselves very hard out of schedule, so, you know, good for them, and they, you know, they lost to, all, I think, all four of their non-league, like, their big non-league games, they lost to East Haven, Southington, South Windsor, and then, you know, here against Stanford, but they've had a couple close uh, ECC games against Waterford, mm-hmm. you know, so... They're, they're probably the favorites in the top division or however you want to say it. So, <laughs> so after the soapbox is clean, in terms of the tournament for softball, it should be really you know nice with Seymour, Holy Cross, Oxford, Walcott, St. Paul. Like That could be one of the more competitive tournaments we have. Like We were just talking about like SWC, one horse race. FCAC, two horse race. You know The ECC is split in half, so maybe like a two horse race in each of those, <laughs> if that counts. I have right. no idea. SCC, maybe four or five, but like the NVL has five teams that could win this thing, you know, especially because it's so offensive-minded, that league. Like, there's yeah. been so many high-scoring games between these top teams, which is fun to watch. I mean, I, I caught the Seymour-Oxford second game, and it was 8-7. It was a great watch, so who knows who will be mashing the hardest yeah. that week, right? So. Well, that should be fascinating uh, to see who emerges from that. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if it was Seymour. No. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, I, if I was... If you you told me right now I who I had to pick somebody I would say Seymour just because, but as we saw St. Paul you know, Holy Cross, Wilkett, Woodland I mean, yeah. with Oxford didn't even mention them yeah. Oxford is another team that's a fun fun league right now yeah absolutely and then there's the Shoreline Conference tournament which begins really late at Wednesday and goes four straight days, which <laughs> I don't even know how they're going to be able to get that in. But uh, what are we looking at for that one? Because Valley Regional beat their rivals by only a couple of runs, their undefeated status and how well yeah. they've played does not mean that this tournament's closed. You know, North Brantford have won the last four tournaments, I believe, four in a row. Yeah. So, you know, they've, you know they've, they've taken their lumps a little bit, but have still had a great season with only four, three or four losses. So Cog and Chog's always strong. El Rey. Yeah, so... A lot of you know teams that could easily you know get Valley Regional on a good day. It would take a good day, but they could at least do it. And the CCC just kind of <laughs> just does their thing. We don't really know who the best in that league. Well, we do. We do I mean, now, thanks to South Windsor. Yeah, so good job. They're like the the, C, the CCC is kind of like the EPL. They just end, you know, regular season champ. That's it, you know. <laughs> League of Premier League, and then we find out what happens in the state. Maybe they get a little rested. Who knows? Um, but uh, it should show, so it should be an exciting conference tournament uh, week coming up. I think the most exciting thing usually is when the heck are they getting all these games played? Um, please send your schedules to Game Time CT. You can email me, please, like Shoreline, NCCC. We got the CTC I'm, I'm really excited about. So we're going to try to have all that stuff up. Um, but it... it, it the the one uncertain thing is whether they're going to be able to get all these games in within the next week. Yeah, I mean, we could look at the weather and see that it's supposed to be clear for a while, but that doesn't really <laughs> add up to anything productive or successful. Right. And then uh, and then we go and we, we, we start seeding the tournaments. We're going to be there next week, I think, right before we do the pod. So we'll, we'll take a look at the state tournament stuff next week and just a whole lot of stuff going on. Any other final thoughts, Ryan? Um, no, we talked about that a lot, and conference tournaments are definitely very exciting, when, especially – when they're you know have a chance to produce multiple winners and you know a lot of 
these leagues, you know, they value these just as much as winning a state championship, or if not more. So it's, you know, exciting to see those champions crowned. It's nice to get that, that feather in your cap before you go in the state tournament. But if you lose, eh, you know, what the heck? Right, you're not done. No, you're not. You're, you're not done. We'll take a look at that all uh, next week in the middle of, uh, of the, uh, middle of the, the tournament season. We'll see where we stand. So uh, for Ryan Lacey, I'm Sean Patrick Bowley. Thank you for joining us on Inside of Circle on Game. See ya.